rights that may or may not be based in reality, but based in the control and manipulation and misguidings of our species by the system. The system that is not for the human species, but for the entitled ones of the human race. If we are going to make a change, we need to do this collectively, using the system against them. Knowledge, resources, species building. We will not be controlled by any government, media, or status group. We will be for you, the human race. We will need your support to tackle this endeavor. We will do this with or without you. But the only way to challenge the system is with everyone's support. There will be connecting topics to show the thread of truth from beginning to the end. Throughout our series, we will be having some fun, hoping that the system may not notice us at all, mainly AI. Hidden in the information, we will remove the blindfold obstructing the truth. That truth will be unveiled to those who really want to know everything about the removal of 90% of the human race. Binary code messages play on words within the jokes, the jests, and the possibilities we'll propose. Again, this is fiction. The system is watching. You will be informed as to who, what, where, and why the world is the way it is. You'll find out where we are heading and the possibilities of hope and change for our species. The nature of our existence is to gain knowledge. When you follow us to the end, you'll become an ambassador of truth. You will be able to spread a warning to our kind. You will be able to spread a message of hope, life, and a future for our species. If you want to follow someone who has been digging deep dives for 35 years and has threaded the needle of truth and who has put the big picture together, then this is for you. Remember, you may not always like what you see, but you will be able to see and sense what is the truth around you. It is time for the Great Awakening. This is Big T for Truth and the Deep Dive for Truth team. Do you want to know more? Welcome to the Deep Dive for Truth team. This is Big T for Truth. I just want to make sure you all know we're really going to hammer this tonight. we got some good stuff. Um, before we go there, we'd like to do a shout out. First of all, episode two uh, actually just launched. Um, on YouTube and um, all the podcasts, Anchor and all that, and Apple uh, Podcasts. But if you want the deep dives, which is the important parts of the strings and pulls, that's on our Patreon page. So uh, look for Deep Dive 4, the number 4 truth, at any of those places. And, uh, you know, subscribe or join us or whatever and um, help help out the species because uh, the deep dives are crucial for each step going forward. And uh, we're going to keep going, and eventually you guys are, you know, going to catch up to us. Quick shout-out for our Twitch follower here for Deep Dive for Truth, Sheba. Thank you so much for following us. You're the best. And uh, we're going to keep uh, our lookout for you. And if you have any questions, people, feel free to ask. Tonight, alien abductions, people who tell the story. So we're going to go over some people here, and we're going to talk about it. who's been abducted. You need to know. This is uh, going on a little abduction deep dive for a few minutes. Here you go. We're sitting on the other side of the pier with our feet, you know, over toward the river, fishing in, in the river. And the fish still wasn't biting, so I told Calvin, I said, well, I might well go home. I guess I was when I heard it. It was some kind of zipping sound. And when I turned all around, in this area out here, about 40 or 50 feet out there, some some kind of craft, you know, it was looked like it's going to come right onto the ground. But it, it came on down and hovered about oh, about a foot and a half or, or two feet off of the ground. 
and we didn't know what to do, you know, I, uh, the river behind us and, and uh, that out there not knowing what it was. So, and then before we uh, had time to really do anything, it seemed like an open appeared. Uh, and toward the end, it was, you know, toward us. The blue light, had, it had blue flashing lights as it was, you know, approaching the ground, but then they went out. And when the opening appeared, some source of light came from the inside. It was just almost blinding. Sheriff Diamond, can you tell me just what happened that night? No, sir, I can't. All I can tell you is there was two men came into the Sheriff's Department approximately 8.30 and 9 o'clock. They were all excited and upset. Wanting to climb the walls, hysterical, crying. That's actually all I know is what happened. As far as me seeing what happened, I don't know. Of course, we could see them in, in, the, in the opening coming from, you know, when they started out to craft. But did you I think it tell. was people coming out at first? Well, they, they had, they had, uh, I, I kind of thought it was people at first, you know, off like that. But of course, when they when they appeared there in, in front of me, um, it was the most shock I've ever had in my life. What What did you see? Um, well, they 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 were they were shorter than me. I'd say about five foot two or three, and they didn't have a neck. They, they had it seemed to come directly to their shoulders, and they had something that uh, came out to a point about where a, a nose would be, and and on each side the ears. I believe that they looked like they were a little longer on the ears than the nose. But still pointed the They ears. were still pointing, yes. But since I was down there, and since I was a physician, and several other scientists and investigators were asked to, to uh, consult and, uh, and look into the situation, I was asked if would I mind if I would be present, and I said I wouldn't mind at all. And while it is still very difficult for us to believe that a, that a, a, a spaceship landed and that robot-type uh, creatures came out and actually took these two people into, into the spaceship. These men, in, in my opinion, believe that they saw this and that they were being honest in reporting what they have reported. But it seemed to me when they came out that doorway, or that opening or whatever it was, then just almost instantly they were right there on us. Their arms, they had arms, it, and I saw the arms moving here and, and in the shoulders. But they had webbed. I mean, their their fingers were webbed, and then they had something like a thumb, and they were like this. Mm -hmm. We questioned them at length. This is pretty good descriptions, and I'm glad people are seeing this, and I'm glad they got a sketch artist out there. And this is two gentlemen that this supposedly happened to, and they they when it was done went to this police officer here and went right down to the police station and reported it. Pretty much fact uh, that this something that something happened. So again, this is our first in interview for abductions. And then we left the room and recorded every, every, all the conversation they had. Recorded between the two of them. And one of them kept wanting to pray. And he said, I, after all I went through on this earth, I said, why should I have to see something? And at one time he wanted to climb the wall. That's how, how nervous and how shook up he was. They had me, uh, one on this arm like this, and on the other one, you know, they had my other arm like that. And they just, I just seemed to lift up to the same height they were off the ground, and and we just moved into the crowd. Now inside, how did they, how did they lay you out? Do you remember how it happened? Uh, yes, uh, they, I didn't see any tables or chairs or anything mm -hmm. in there. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't in there because the light was almost blinding, but I didn't see any. And when they, when they carried me inside, they seemed to, to just lean me back. You know, and uh, this this eye—I well, keep referring to it as an eye—and it, it moved up the, in front of me about this close, mm -hmm. 
and it started right at my eyes, looking me right in the eye. Uh -huh. And it seemed it hesitated there for a, a, a few seconds, and it just started moving over my entire body. When they, they brought me uh, from the craft that put along this area here, and they seemed to, they didn't drop me, you know, they just released me back to the ground. And uh, I fell, I, I don't know why my, my legs were weak, I don't know why it was the, the fright or what it was, but I, I fell onto the ground. And that's when I seen Calvin, he's standing right over here in this area, and he was standing facing the river with his arms outstretched like that, just like he was staring at something. Can you tell me about the lie detector test? Well, so that was run by Pilkington. Is it Pilkington? Uh, Pennington. Pennington. That they run this type of test about six times a day. And when they were asked to come over here to, to talk to these people, they had in their mind that they, it was just a big joke. And if I understand it correctly, they ran one test on Mr. Hickson. The machine showed that he was telling the truth. Then they run another one. And then the examiner, he began to wonder himself. So he ran the third test and he believed just what Mr. Hickson had told him. Mr. Booth, tell me what happened that night in October. Well, I got up and come, had turned off the TV and come to the front door, which you can see right behind me, just as usual, checking to see if it was locked. So I looked out the window at the top, and naturally I saw this object above the street light out there. So naturally caught my eye with the lights was on it. Couldn't hear any racket or anything. So I opened the door after a few seconds to step out to see if I could really tell what it was. It just took off. Can you describe it? Well, it was round, had lights all the way around it, turning in a counterclockwise motion. It had a dome on top with a bright light shining out through the top of it. To tell the actual figure of it or anything, you couldn't tell. You could just see the lights and the one on top. When it happened to Charlie, the creatures, whatever they were, didn't communicate with him. Now, it's enough to say you saw a UFO to, to give you trouble these days in some towns. To be taken aboard is... is... All right, so now they got the author of the book, and, uh, you know, they did all the interviewing and stuff like that. So we get a pretty good account with the drawing and sketching, and so people that, um, that experience these things, it's actually quite traumatic, and we don't know what really is going on. Uh, when they are abducted. So uh, we're just going to try to follow the thread here uh, on some of these. And, uh, you know, if you go to our deep dives, you're going to hear the truths behind these things. Episode three, episode two just came out. Episode three will be coming out in about a week. Uh, the deep dive videos and uh, podcasts. <clears throat> and episode four is coming uh, right behind that. So we're not going to stop. We're going to keep the deep dives going. Uh, so here's the next interview portion, and we'll go through this. But, yes, yeah, something's going on out there. There's one. Let's see if we can tie these things together here. For a completely different reason. My name's Calvin Parker. I'm 64 years old. I was a, 
Dante by something. I don't know what it was or where it was from. Back in 1973, Parker had just moved to town to work with Charles Hickson. Very first day at work, October the 11th of 1973. We worked all day, got off work, and he asked me, he said, do you want to go fishing? They went fishing on steel docks off the Pascagoula River, past a no trespassing sign, when he says the extraterrestrial happened. And it was so bright it was blinding, and these lights was coming from inside a crowd. And then before we knew it, we both stood up and was already turned around and looking. It was three, uh, I can't say where they was from or what they were, but it was like a robotic creature because they moved mechanically. And they got to us. Two of them got a hold of Charlie, one got a hold of myself. The very minute that they grabbed me, I felt an injection in my arm. They lifted us and took us aboard this female-looking creature. She came out. Now, she had regular facial features, ears and eyes, nose. The only difference I've seen in her than what we would, and if you think about it and look at your hands, these two fingers right here are longer, and they was just a little bit longer than ours on her. And she took this right hand and she run it up my, down the back of my throat. Well, I started choking. He said the beings who took him made it known they did not mean any harm. That's when he picked me up and they carried me out, sent me back down by the river. Yeah, so this this is obviously the other guy in that interview. Pretty much saying the same thing. It's kind of interesting how the person in the interview from Area 51 uh, in one of the episodes, uh, one of the uh, Twitch TV episodes here uh, that we had on here, he said that these aliens are so advanced that they would make us feel, try to make us feel comfortable like a vet would with a dog. I'm trying to calm you down before they do stuff to you. Kind of seems like they said, you know, he got the feeling that nothing was going to happen to him. He felt safe. It's kind of like that calming feeling just before they got to do what they got to do. So interesting uh, observation there um, connected between the uh, Area 51 guy and these two guys in this interview, which uh, this abduction is pretty, pretty interesting here. So uh, again, connecting the threads, and let's hear some more about what's happening. A story that dominated the front page of the Mississippi Press for over a week. UFOs were the talk of the state. NASA got involved. Police lines were busy 24 hours a day. The Air Force, they spent their own money to come down here to investigate this and to talk to people and interview witnesses and things. Hickson and Parker gave matching statements to police passed polygraphs and lie detector tests. But one reporter wrote security cameras in the area showed nothing that night. Others questioned the legitimacy of the polygraphs. The spotlight was too much for Parker. This happened in 1973, and I never 